Welcome to the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, E. Vandervliet, with his trusted canine sidekick, Woody, where we bring you the news raw, unfiltered, and with no chaser. 20 days. We have 20 days. You ready for this, Woody? 20 days. That's right. And in those 20 days, Woody, uh, is a holiday. So how does, does that impact it, Woody? I don't know. 20 days, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we have. I'm going to get into what I mean by those 20 days here in a minute. And I'm going to go over a piece written by David Horowitz over front page that I think sums up exactly how we should all be looking at this and uh, strengthen our resolve. And I'm going to talk about this split between Sidney Powell and Trump's legal team. Uh, but let's talk about 20 days. What do I mean by that? December 14th is 20 days from the day that I am recording this. And we're going to count down these 20 days starting now. Because in 20 days, the Electoral College meets and they cast their votes for President of the United States of America. And, you know, most people are aware of this, that each candidate, in order to win, has to achieve 270 electoral votes in order to win the presidency of the United States. Now, as it stands right now, if you go by the media and you go by the AP, Fox News, who's called the election, Biden has 306, but not so fast. There are a lot of processes that have to happen in order for those 306 electoral votes to go to Joseph Biden. There are a lot of processes that have to happen to deny Trump from getting to 270. That's what each candidate needs. There are processes in place if either candidate, neither candidate can get to 270. So we have 20 days until the Electoral College meets. So I want to dispel some of the, the rhetoric out there because I'm getting a lot of pushback. I'm seeing a lot of correspondence about, you know, hey, uh, the Powell needs to show this, show that, and the other. We're going to talk about that. But when it all comes down to brass tacks, I think if you start understanding the Electoral College process, it starts to make sense what the Giuliani team is doing and what Sidney Powell is doing. So let's talk about, and I put this in the show notes the other day, and I'm going to put in the show notes again, Electoral College Fast Facts. What is the Electoral College. Now, it's established in Article 2, Section 1 of the U.S. Constitution. The Electoral College is the formal body which elects the president and vice president of the United States. Each state has as many electors in the Electoral College as it has representatives and senators in the United States Congress. And the District of Columbia has three electors. So when voters go to the polls in a presidential election, they actually are voting for the slate of electors vowing to cast their vote for that ticket in the Electoral College. But it doesn't have to be, they don't have to cast their vote, For by the way. That's just how it's been written. That's kind of a standard practice. But each elector could be, uh, which call a rogue elector, I believe. I forget what they call it. There is a specific term for it. I apologize, I don't have it. But they can, uh, um, they can cast their vote for anybody they want. So let's say Biden gets every electoral vote based on the state votes. Well, the electorals can go to the electoral college and vote who they want. There is no, we do not have a constitutional right to vote for president of the United States in America. I know it's, that's a lot for a lot of people to take, but it's absolutely true. There is nothing written in the Constitution of the United States of America that tells us that we have a right as citizens to vote for the president of the United States. It's not a federal law. Each state 
dictates it. Now, through the course of history, there are a lot of things that happen to where now states are pretty much on the same board. Not all of them. There are some differences, and I'm not going to get into that for the sake of this conversation. For the sake of this conversation, it all depends. It all matters what happens December 14th. It's written out in the Constitution that I believe it's what the second Tuesday of every December. So on this year, it falls, or this election season, it falls on December 14th, which is 20 days away from the time that I'm recording this. So here's what has to happen between now and then. Either candidate needs to get to 270. Now, allegedly, I say allegedly, Biden has 306. So this is, this is well, the reason I'm bringing this up is this gives you an idea of what the Trump team is doing. What they're doing is they're chasing the Constitution of the United States. They're chasing that process of the Electoral College. So what Rudy Giuliani and his team, Jenna Ellis and the, uh, the others on his team are doing is they're either trying to flip states or they're trying to deny states or from getting to the Electoral College because if they can do that, if they can prevent a state from getting to the Electoral College, their electoral votes won't count. Come high water or not, the Electoral College is meeting on December 14th and voting, period. End of story. There's nothing else to discuss. It's going to happen because it's written into the laws of our land. So December 14th is the date that we're all chasing or they're chasing. So now you got Sidney Powell's situation. In Sidney Powell's situation, she's she's not necessarily chasing that same thing. She's not necessarily chasing the electoral college vote. What she is uncovering is the massive amounts of fraud that we're seeing in this Dominion voting system. And I'm going to get into that in the second segment of the show. But what Sidney Powell's case is the election fraud. And also Lynn Wood, attorney here in the Atlanta marketplace, is doing the same thing. So they're, what they're doing is separate to what Giuliani is doing because everything now is counting down to December 14th. And that's when, again, the Electoral College meet. And I know the left doesn't want to, they don't like you to know this, by the way. And most of their base, have, they're clueless to this. They don't get it. So let's go, let's go through some of those scenarios. So right now, if you look at the map, the way the AP has called it, um, Biden has 306 electoral votes to Trump's 232. There are six contested states. And I'm going to read a piece from Breitbart where Giuliani talks about what their strategy is here in a minute. But I want to go through this and, and what the Trump campaign is attempting to do. Now, one of the things that's fascinating about this is there's only been two cases. There's only been two elections that have gone to the, um, the Electoral College or to the, I'm sorry, let me back up, that have gone to uh, the House for a vote. Because here's what happens. Again, if each candidate cannot achieve 270 votes in the Electoral College, then it goes to the House for a vote. That is called a, um, a contingent election. So in the case of an Electoral College deadlock or if no candidate receives the majority of votes, a contingent election is held. The election of the president goes to the House of Representatives. Each state delegation casts one vote for the candidates. So they each have one vote. There are 50 states. So right now, the Republicans control 26 of those states. Uh, next year, uh, in inauguration, they'll have 27. But right now, they control 26 of the states. So it's not a guarantee that if it goes to the House, that Trump's going to win. Because one of those states, two of those states could turn it, could to could uh, switch votes. Now, what would be interesting, let's say one does, and now it's 25 to 25. What happens then? That I'm not sure of. 
that'll take me a little more research to figure out what happens. If that happens, there's probably a deciding vote that's going to be cast. But anyway, it's happened twice in America, 1800 and 1824 elections. It went to the House. Now, keep in mind our, America, our history. We have not always been a two-party system country. There were at times where we had three or four parties. So in the, the, the way the Constitution is written, it's designed that if that happens, that enough people, do, the one candidate doesn't get the majority of the electoral votes, then it goes to the House and each state gets one vote, one vote for president, one vote for vice president. That's what's written into the Constitution, and the Trump team knows this. Now, you notice you don't hear about this in the mainstream media. They don't want you to know this. They don't want you to see the strategy of what they're doing because they want you to lose hope. That's what they want you to do. So right now, as it stands, Biden has 306 electoral votes to Trump's 232. Not all the states are certified because it doesn't go to the Electoral College until the states are certified. Now, there's a lot of play, things at play here in the certification process. For example, Georgia, and I mentioned this before, Georgia cannot, be, uh, cannot have a full recount until the state is certified or the election is certified. Now, what happened before... Again, this is all written in law, and most, most, most people on the left have no intellectual curiosity to find out what the laws of each state are. So in the state of Georgia, by law, if it falls within a certain margin, the state's leadership, in this case the Secretary of State, call for an audit, not a recount. This was not a recount, what Georgia did. It was an audit, and all the audit, and this is important to remember for a future conversation I'm about to have or a topic I'm going to bring up. All the audit did was match up what was in the computer and the paper ballots. Remember, I showed yesterday, I played an interview, Fox News, Eric Sean with one of the Dominion servers, lawyers, and he said at least three or four times that the paper ballot matches the tabulation in the computer system. That's what happened in Georgia. All they did was match that. Then, according to Georgia law, again, every state has its own constitution, just like we have a constitution in the United States. According to Georgia law, if it's within a half a percent, in this case, it's 0.3%. One of the other candidates can request a recount. Obviously, the losing candidates one's going to request a recount, and Trump has, and that recount is starting today in the state of Georgia, November 24th. So now it's going to be a recount, and I'm going to get into what the uh, Trump team strategy is on that on the second segment of the show. But let's go into the, the map right now. Let's say Trump can turn Georgia, and there is a case for that. I'm going to explain that as well. So that now goes 248 Trump, 290 Biden. Let's say Trump turns Wisconsin. Well, and there's a, the recount going on in Wisconsin right now, and there's a case for that. Now we got Trump at 258, Biden at 280. Biden still wins. Biden has still got it. So now we've got Pennsylvania is going to the Supreme Court. Let's say he turns Pennsylvania. Well, now Trump wins. I said this at the beginning, everything's going to boil down to Pennsylvania, but let's say he doesn't turn Pennsylvania. Let's say he just prevents Pennsylvania from going to the Electoral College. That gives Biden 260, Trump 258. So you can see now that the strategy here is not, not necessarily to turn all the battleground states over. That is one of the strategies, but the strategy is turn one or two, like if they can turn Georgia and Wisconsin, and it goes to the Electoral College. Now, if they can turn Arizona, and let's say Biden gets Pennsylvania, Michigan, so they can turn Arizona, Georgia, Wisconsin, Biden gets Pennsylvania, Biden gets Michigan, it's 269 to 269. 
it goes to the House. So Trump's path to victory here is turning states or getting this to a House election. It's a tall order, but is it really? I mean, with all the election shenanigans going on, is it really that tall of an order? Here's where we need to be. When I say we, those 73 million voters who voted for Trump, uh, those millions and millions of voters who realize what a Biden presidency could do to this country, those millions and millions of voters who feel disenfranchised and let down by the process because we see in our, with our own eyes all of this potential fraud or this election fraud. That's what we got to keep our focus on. And I'm going to share a story with you here in a second from David Horowitz that I hope will help you with your resolve and all of this. But this from Breitbart um, regarding Giuliani and the separation of Sidney Powell from the Trump team. If it was a separation. And, and, and I know, I get it. A lot of you have said, well, she wasn't working for him anyway. I get it. I get it. But you have to admit, you absolutely have to admit that statement that they put out put a lot of questions in the air. Well, let me clear that up. Uh, here's the headline from the Breitbart piece. Rudy Giuliani on break with Sidney Powell. We're pursuing two different theories. Monday, during appearance on Fox Business Network's Lou Dobbs tonight, Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani responded to a question about his team's decision to announce a break with Sidney Powell on Sunday. Giuliani attributed it to his pursuit of a different theory than Powell's approach and proceeded to lay out his efforts. Here's what he said. I think it's because we're pursuing two different theories, he said. Our theory of the case to get to the Supreme Court now in four places. Uh, it's going, and by the way, he doesn't mention in the four places, but I'm assuming, and I hate to assume because, you know, that makes an ass out of you and me, is Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. Um, is our theory uh, of the case to get to the Supreme Court now in four places, and it's soon going to be in two others. Those two others, I believe, are Arizona and Nevada, and there'll be an overall lawsuit. Is basically misconduct of the election by state officials in at least six, or at least five or six different states in which the misconduct of the election involved uh, deprivation of constitutional rights for the president. For example, in one part of the state, you could fix a ballot, Democrat part. Other parts of the state, you couldn't fix a ballot. One part of the state, the ballots were examined. The other part of the state, they didn't care if the ballots were examined. In Pennsylvania, there are 680,000 unexamined ballots that virtually were put in secretly by Democrats alone. That's outrageous. That is a misconduct of the election. So again, it goes to what Giuliani has said before, Per the Constitution, all votes are equal, the equal, equal vote clause. So if one vote was counted one way and another vote was counted one way in, one, in the same state, you've got a problem. You potentially have a constitutional problem. And another thing I want to make sure that I, I clarify, I, a lot of people are going to say we're in a constitutional crisis. We are not in a constitutional crisis. The Constitution is the process that we're using to resolve this election. It is not a constitutional crisis. There really is no such thing as a constitutional crisis unless the law is subverted. If the law is not followed per the Constitution, well, yeah, that's a crisis. So what the team, Trump team is doing now is they're pursuing avenues that go to the Supreme Court of the United States. What Sidney Powell is doing is she is going after the election fraud that is evident, in my opinion, from the Dominion software voting machines. 
there is ample fraud. And I'm going to get into some of that too in a little bit in the second segment of the show. But if you look at it now, it makes perfect sense what they're doing. It's very logical because the Trump campaign is chasing constitutional law. Sidney Powell is looking to uncover massive voter fraud. Now, let's say what happens if, let's say Trump and his team are unsuccessful and Biden is elected president of the United States of America. He achieves 270 electoral votes in the Electoral College in 20 days, December 14th. Well, let's say that happens. And then Sidney Powell uncovers this massive election fraud through the Dominion voting system. It does not mean Trump is placed as president. Please don't think that. That's not how our Constitution works. If Biden is, elect, if Biden is elected president uh, via the electoral process on December 14th, he, was, he will officially be the president-elect. He is not the president-elect right now. But on S- December 14th, if he achieves 270 electoral votes, he will be the, elect, the president-elect, and he will then be inaugurated on January 20th. But let's say in between that time, Sidney Powell uncovers massive amounts of fraud. Well, it would go to court. Things would have to tie back to Biden. And if they can find a way to tie it all to Biden, then Biden will either be impeached or resign. Now, that's a tall order because the House is currently majority Democrat. However, they have a slimmer majority. And there are a lot of those Democrats that just barely won their reelection that are going to be wondering about, you know, winning the next election. So let's just say the process plays out that Biden either resigns or is impeached. Well, then Kamala Harris becomes the president of the United States. Trump does not go. Trump will not be president of the United States. But let's say Harris is tied up into this. And she is either impeached or resigns. Again, this is not going to happen. This is all just fantasy. It's not going to happen. Uh, but let's say it does. Well, then guess who's the president of the United States? None other than Nancy Pelosi, because next in line is Speaker of the House. So this is according to the Constitution of the United States. So what Powell is doing is entirely different. It is entirely different than what Team Giuliani is doing. Now, do, can they cross over? Absolutely. Because if Powell finds irregularities that disenfranchise votes uh, before December 14th. And that's the key. It has to be before December 14th. After December 14th, it's all over. I mean, it's done. Uh, Whoever is elected president, whoever wins the majority of the electoral votes, 270, is the president of the United States. After that, other processes would have to take into place to remove that president who is now sitting president, no matter how they got there at this point in time. That's why these 20 days are so important right now. So we got to stay vigilant. Here's a piece from um, David Horowitz. And I, I found this to be a fascinating piece. From, and it'll be in my show notes. And by the way, my show notes are on my website, uh, thepbopodcast.com. I put all my show notes there. And if you want to access those show notes, all the articles that um, I, I pull for this show are all there. So you can go look at these articles and read them yourself. And I highly encourage you to read this one. This one is just a damn good read. So, I mean, Horowitz knocks it out of the park with this one. It's called, the title is Fighting Words. It's a war. He released this on November 23rd. Uh, but now it should be obvious, even to conservatives, that we are in a war. It is a conflict that began nearly 50 years ago when the street revolutionaries of the 60s joined the Democrat Party. Their immediate goal was to help the communist enemy win the war in Vietnam. 
but they stayed to expand their influence in the Democrat Party and created the radical force that confronts us today. The war that today's Democrats are engaged in reflects the values and methods of those radicals. It is a war against us, against individual freedom, against America's constitutional order, and against the capitalist engine of our prosperity. Now, if you were looking to say who this guy is, David Horowitz, uh, David Horowitz used to be a hardcore leftist. He was embedded with these guys back in the 60s, and he has since come to the light, if you will, and uh, reports on their shenanigans and their malfeasance all the time. Um, the, the rest of this piece is phenomenal. I'm going to read some more of this and wrap up this segment of the PBL podcast. I think this, this, seg- this article is so important to, um, to, to help with our own very resolve. Uh, From the article, Democrat radicals know what they want and where they are going. As a result, they are tactically and organizationally years ahead of patriotic Americans who are only beginning to realize they are in a war. The Democrats' plans to steal the 2020 election was hatched many years ago when Democrats launched their first attack on voter IDs and then every effort to secure the integrity of the electoral system. Those attacks metastasized uh, metastasized into an all-out assault on Election Day itself with early and late voting grace periods and a flood of 92 million mail-in ballots, hundreds of thousands of which were delivered in the middle of night to be counted behind the backs of Republican observers after Election Day had passed. And you got to ask yourself, um, all those ballots that came in, and it wasn't the middle of the night, by the way, it was in the wee hours of the morning. We have one report where it's 4.30 in the morning, uh, hundreds of thousands. In one case, I believe it was Michigan, overnight, in the middle of the night, or in the wee hours of the morning, 132,000 ballots just poof, there they were. Where'd they come from? Was the Postal Service running that late? Uh, all of a sudden, now get it, go back to that interview that I dissected with Eric Sean and the lawyer from Dominion Systems. And the lawyer from Dominion Systems said, again, three or four times, that if you go back and you look at it, the, the tallies in the computer match the number of paper ballots. Were those paper ballots the ballots that were dumped in the middle of the night? If we're at an all-out war, I believe it's highly possible that the left did incorporate this massive election fraud. Uh, And Horowitz's piece just outlines the left, who they are, brilliantly, from his article, more from his article. The result of these efforts is that Election Day no longer really exists as a day when the votes are cast and counted. This is a fact that it offers generous opportunities for the election saboteurs to do their work. Those saboteurs' opportunities were greatly enhanced this year with the installation in battleground states of voting machines specifically designed to calculate how many votes were required to steal an election and then switch to ballots already cast and delivered them to the chosen party. Mail-in ballots were indispensable to the realization of this plan. This is what Sidney Powell is talking about. This is the election fraud she's talking about, that these machines were, as Horowitz said, specifically designed to calculate how many votes were required. So the machines calculate how many votes are required. Poof, there's the ballots. I believe this was going on in 2016, but can't prove it, obviously. But the Dominion machines are new to some states. And an article that I'm going to share in the next uh, episode of this podcast is that Georgia didn't get these machines until 2019. So 
it all culminates into this election. This is why you heard Nancy Pelosi saying that Trump won't be president November 4th. She was so sure of herself. This is why you heard um, Joe Biden say, hey, you, you don't have to help me get elected. You got to help me once I am elected. What politician has ever said that? All politicians need help getting elected unless, hmm. From the article, I will not dwell at length on the years it took the Republican Party and American patriots to recognize what the Democrat Party had become or the threat it posed to our country as an enemy within. Suffice it to say that Republicans can still be heard referring to Democrats as liberals when it is obvious even to them that there is nothing liberal about their principles or methods. They are vindictive bigots who are actively destroying the First Amendment in our universities, on the Internet, and in our once but no longer free press. Suffice it to note that while Democrats accuse Republicans, including the president, of being racist and traitors, the response of Republican leaders is this. Oh, the Democrats are just playing politics. And by the way, they are not liberals. They are not liberals. They are leftists. They are hardcore leftists. This is why I never refer to them as liberals. I don't know if you've noticed that on the show. I never refer to them as liberals. I always refer to them as leftists. A good friend of mine on a website that I practice where I post a lot on called rightnation.us, his name is Monty Python. That's his handle. He taught me this years ago. He is what is known as a classic liberal. What we are experiencing today in the Democrat Party are not classic liberals. Those are all gone. What we are experiencing in the Democrat Party are hardcore radical leftists that will do anything to achieve their goals. Uh, Going back to um, Horowitz's piece here, this is not playing, people. It is war. They are trying to kill us politically, and we need to respond accordingly to fight fire with fire. Today's Democrat Party is a party of character assassins and racists. Republicans know this, but are reluctant to say it. That is how a pathological liar and corrupt political whore like Joe Biden can accuse the choice of 73 million Americans of being a white supremacist and also murdering 220,000 coronavirus patients. It's up to 258,000 now from his writing. That's why Biden and his gunslingers can do so with no consequences. Without so much as a wrist slap from moderates and independents who know better, the Democrats' ability to intimidate well-meaning Americans is that great. And he's absolutely right. I mean, you are a racist if you support this president. You are a flat-out racist if you support Donald Trump, we are told by the left. They tell you, just because of your support for this president, you're a racist. But they give you no specifics. They don't tell you, what did Trump do that's racist? They, you know what they'll do? They point to that Charlottesville incident where Trump said there's good people on both sides, which is a complete and absolute lie. In fact, Joe Biden, that was what he, why he said he got into the race, because of that lie. He knows it's a lie. He's a 47-year politician. He knows exactly what he's done. And what he's doing. But Horowitz's piece, and again, it'll be in my show notes. Go read the whole thing. Here's the last paragraph. But the only reason Democrats are able to do this so successfully, even going so far as to justify the arson, looting, and general destruction in more than 600 American cities this summer, is because Republicans and conservatives generally are too cowardly to confront them. This war will continue until patriotic Americans summon the courage to call Democrats the racist, liars, character assassins, and inspiring totalitarians that they actually are. And to do, in so many words, blowback works. Or to do so, in so many words, blowback works. 
And he's absolutely right. It's time to fight fire with fire when it comes to the Democrats. They're vicious in their quest for power. They don't care about you. They don't care about me. They don't care about their constituents. They're going to call you a racist because you support this president. You are a racist because of the way you vote. No, no other reason. You, you killed all these COVID patients. I mean, they've actually said that it, Biden himself had actually said that Trump is responsible for the deaths of all these people who died of COVID-19. No, nowhere did they ever talk about where it came from. No, no, they, they are using this political rhetoric as a wedge to obtain power. These are the radical leftists that are the Democrat Party. He is absolutely right. And you can trace it back to the 60s and you can trace it back to communists. I, I'm, in my show yesterday, I, t I did a segment on the Communist Chinese Party. And in there, I talked about two communist parties here in America, the Revolutionary Communist Party USA and the Communist Party USA, both of which have endorsed Joe Biden. And I read the Constitution from the Communist Party USA, and it reads like a Democrat platform. The Democrat Party is corrupt. If you're watching this on YouTube or listening to this on the audio and you're a Democrat, really, you ha how, can you, how can you support this party? I've said this for a long, long time. The Democrat Party is the party of slavery. They are the party of Jim Crow. They are the party of segregation. They are the party that used KKK as a militant out military outlet. They are the party that is using BLM as well as Antifa as an, a military apparatus to achieve their goal. They are the party that caused all this looting and destruction of American cities, as David Horowitz mentioned in his piece. That's the Democrat Party. And when are people going to wake up? When are we going to see the Democrats for who they are? Now, there are a lot of Democrats, people who vote Democrats, have no clue why they do. They do it either because they feel the Democrats, get into that word feel, they feel the Democrats are for the working man. They're not. The Democrats are for the elites. I mean, you have to ask yourself, the Democrat Party wins elections on the West Coast and the East Coast. They don't win an election in the middle America. They're, they're the elites. They're the wealthy. They're the academias. They, they are not working class people. When are people who vote Democrat because they've always dem voted Democrat going to wake up? They're calling you a racist if you don't support them. They're calling you a racist if you support a Republican candidate. And you know what? You've got people who believe there was a big switch in the Republican Party where somehow magically, and they say this was in the 60s, but it's such a lie. Magically, they all switched. The ideology switched. That Republicans became Democrats. Democrats became Republicans. So they're actually saying they're justifying their vote for a Democrat because they think the party switched. They've been lied to. They've been lied to in their schools. Remember the Communist Manifesto is in the Communist Manifesto, they wanted to take over the education system. Well, they've done that. I mean, academia is, is inundated with leftist professors. And I'm not talking about at the local school level. I'm talking about the college level. I mean, all these journalist majors that come out, they come out with this leftist bent because of their leftist professors. And, you know, they, another thing is to, to take over a political party. Done. They've got the Democrats. You know, I'm not trying to say the red menace is uh, at our door, but they are. The Communist Party is active in the Democrat Party. They want to change our way of life. They're doing so by beating you down 
by telling you you are a racist, by telling you if you don't believe in this COVID-19, you're killing people, by telling you if you don't believe in climate change, you're killing people. None of the facts bear this out. None. But that's who the Democrat Party is. Hey, thanks for listening to this segment of the PBL podcast. We're going to have another one, and we're going to get into news of the day, election news. There's a lot to talk about, and um, we are only a few days out of not only uh, Thanksgiving, but we're 20 days. Our 20-day countdown begins now to the Electoral College vote. That is what we got to focus on. So I hope this helped clear what we how the division between Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani. It's crystal clear in my mind why they did this. And in the next segment, I'm going to talk some more about that as well. Again, thank you for listening to this segment of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Uh, the report that I just, this article from David Horowitz I just referred to, it is in my show notes. You can find it at our website, thepblpodcast.com. All of my show notes are there as well as a link to buy merchandise. Why would you not want PBL merchandise? I mean, really. I mean, I think you're a racist if you don't buy PBL merchandise. I mean, it's cold. It's getting cold. You need a PBL uh, hoodie so you're not a racist. You need a PBL coffee mug so you'll no longer be a racist. Or maybe I should reverse that and say you should be. But anyway, <laughs> check out our website. Uh, we've, got plenty, we've got more coming later. You can get a mug that says life is not the matrix. It is an algorithm, and you can help us in the algorithm by liking, subscribing, and giving us a five-star rating on our show, and if you're listening to this in Apple iTunes, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If you're watching this on the YouTube and you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe, and you haven't watched us on YouTube and subscribe, go over to our YouTube channel, Politics and Brown Liquor, and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Help us in the algorithm. Move this up. Keep conservative voices on. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor.